Hey, what up? It's the Bad Pipes Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, a wise old tree. With me today is my good pal, my old time buddy, my little friend, my pocket guy, (laughs) Scott. Uh, uh, Yeah, first time on the podcast. Hi. Um, Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I mean, you're paying uh, me a lot of money to be on here, so I, uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's quite a quite a renowned podcast. Yeah, it's biggest podcast in Berlin. <laughs> hey, I mean, that would be an achievement. That would be something. Why are all these Berlin people listening to us? Maybe they like film. Maybe. <laughs> So, on the docket today is uh, we actually are going to postpone our spoilerful uh, review of Ahsoka. So, next week we'll be talking about five episodes of Ahsoka, more than half of the season. Uh, but this week we're going to be talking about uh, some Stargate and some Tombstone going on a, a full in, uh, full on Kurt Russell bender here. And after that, we'll be uh, talking about Baldur's Gate, the old video game. We just wanted to. Spit some facts. Yep, 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 yep. Before that, though, I think Scott has some news for us. Yeah, we'll do we'll do some minor news. Um, we'll start out with uh, the the Stargate drama. So I know I know you were saying you've heard this. I also saw it and watched a couple YouTube personalities talk about it. Uh, I forget the guy's name. You know him. What was uh, his name? Heel versus Babyface. Uh, his he's. His name is As. A lot of people. Uh, yeah, he's appeared he's, with a lot of people. Like yeah, that's he's how like. I, know him. Uh, I just know him as like a bald British guy, who <laughs> apparently is. I don't know. Apparently, he has a lot of uh, conservative or right leaning takes. Uh, but yeah, no. So his his big thing is he got very triggered. He went into a full on like. Uh, I mean, I'm talking like pre-2010 sort of internet rage, like Uber Hacks or Nova over the Blue Wool rage here. <laughs> A fucking deep cut, dude. <laughs> no one's yes. gonna get that except for me and you. Somewhat, people will get that. Some uh, there will be some listeners. Maybe you get that comment on the. Uh, give us a five star review. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he went into a full-on rage over the fact that you could choose pronouns in your character creation for Starfield. Which, it's just like... I guess mean, decrying it, it as like wokeism in video games, but it's kind of like always been a thing. Like, it, I think people were like, kind of like, hey, you know, like when you make your character, when you choose your your, you know, your sex in game, it just auto sets it. Like you don't even have to touch it. You don't have to change it. Yeah, it's just an option too if you want. It's just giving yeah. you more customizability. So, like, so many people were just like, dude, this is just, like, a non-issue. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I I also was, like, I I, I was listening to, like, listening to his rant and, like, what some other people were saying. And my thing is just, like, I don't, these, some of these people get so upset about, like, 
they call it inserting politics or whatever into games. I'm just like, I just don't <sighs> care. Like that's no, the thing is, I just don't yeah. care. Well, I'm like people have done it all the time. It, it's not that big of a deal. But it's just like if you if it really bothers you that much, just don't play the fucking game. Just go play go play fucking some Mario. Go play right? Mario. Yeah. <laughs> like, go play <laughs> Mario. That's not political at all. Yeah. Although I'm sure someone could read into it enough to make it political. We'll be like, yeah, Bowser Bowser represents the uh, capitalist tendencies and holding the the working plumber man oh. down. You know what I'm saying? Kind of funny there is that. Uh, when the movie came out, people were like, oh, Bowser's an incel. Bowser's supposed to be this, like, incel figure. And I was like, dude, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I feel like we've gotten to a point now where people will read into anything and everything and try to, like, almost make it political when it's just not. It's just like... It's literally a, a minor... Like uh, option in a game. I mean, I don't think people would care if the game was good. Yeah. Uh, but the game's, from what I heard, aggressively mid. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, and it's it's so like I don't know. I've I've gotten into, uh, you know, I'll be scrolling Twitter and I'll hop into a rabbit hole of like someone talking about Starfield. And there's all the little, like. Xbox fucking fanboys jerking themselves off over their one exclusive title. Um, but then you also see people like, there was that headline that kept getting shown around everywhere that was like, after the first 12 hours, I'm actually starting to really love Starfield. And you're like, first 12 hours? Yeah. You want me to play 12 hours before I start enjoying a game? Like, that's bad. That's a bad introduction to the game. Yeah. Nice. Like, Let's talk about Baldur's Gate, just for like a moment here. As I was about to say, like, that like hooked that hooked me almost immediately. Yeah, and like the fact that I'm willing to play through the Nautiloid like 19 times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that says a lot for the quality of the game. For like that game versus something like Starfield, which was, I mean, you got like two different studio uh, approaches there, right? You got Larian, who is made by gamers, by gamers, uh, run by gamers, and they're people who want to enjoy playing their own game, and have, like, put the time and effort into listening to their audience. It was in early access for three years. That's a very long time for something that's conceivably better than most AAA games at this point. Uh, most AAA titles don't get more than two years in development. And you're start... I mean, I can't even say starting to see issues because since COVID, you've seen issues with that cycle because games have been coming out and they've just been straight up bad. They've been bad. They've been buggy. They've been having tons of issues on release. Uh, yeah. You also have the games as a service model, which has been shown not to work over and over and over again. You've got games that have season battle pass nonsense that's like, why does Fall Guys have a battle pass? Or a season pass or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. is like the meme. Um, yeah, I, I, I was, uh, I, I yeah. think, watching a, a video earlier today. Uh, it was actually Hassan who's watched, who was kind of reacting to a video over like Bethesda's kind of controversies and stuff. 
And I wasn't even aware that they, like, made us, like, a weird subscription thing for, like, Fallout 76 or whatever. Where, like, in order to get features that probably should have been a part of the fucking game to begin with, they're charging you $12 a month. Well, that's what every MMO does nowadays. It's like, oh, you want access to, like, fast travel more than once every 45 minutes? You gotta have a subscription. And it's like, okay. Yeah. You're just... Like, you're literally making your game experience less enjoyable to try and get money out of players to pay for convenience, right? Which is just something yeah. that should be in the game to begin with. Yeah. If you visited a location before, you should be able to freaking travel there. Yeah, no, it's... I, I don't know. And that's... I, I wasn't aware. I, you know, I, I've... I've always like like the elder scroll series and and whatnot but I, I, people were saying like it makes them worry about the next elder scrolls whenever that finally fucking comes out just because of what they've done in recent years in regards to like fallout and everything and i, I haven't heard anything in regards to starfield and having to pay for you know extra content that again should have just been a fucking part of the game anyways um, yeah. But yeah, I've, I've heard it's a pretty mid-game. I, I don't know. From the get-go, people were talking about uh, that it's just like very barren. There's not like you're you flying around in these worlds or whatever, and there's just not a whole lot of, of life or stuff well, to yeah, do. Too. Like the flying from world to world is just a cutscene, basically, and then you yeah. like fly in. But the only ship flying is like outer space combat, right? So like the yeah. flying isn't a navigation thing. Yeah, uh, it's just the combat thing. So basically, what you're telling me is they just made a worse version of No Man's Sky with maybe some better, more realistic graphics. Uh, yeah. Because I, I don't know if you've played No Man's Sky since since the studio since it uh, quote, got good. No, I haven't. I've never yeah. touched that game. I don't I, ever plan on touching that game. Yeah, I have. Um, they, if I, I want to play a game where I gotta build shit, I'm just gonna play Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty so. I'm pretty sure they, they had like a deal um, for the PS5 version. I'm pretty sure I got it free. I think they had it as like one of the like PlayStation Plus games of the month. Um, so like I got it with like all the added content. Cause, like the studio released all that shit for free. They were like, hey, yeah, we know we fucked up when we initially released the game and it sucked. So we're gonna like do right by you and just release all this extra content and all this DLC for free. Like we're not gonna charge you anything. Yeah. So basically, like they did the opposite of what Bethesda's doing. Where Bethesda's like, oh yeah, we know this content or like these features should have been in the game, but like we're gonna put it behind a paywall versus like No Man's Sky being like, yeah, our game sucked initially, but like we've added all this extra shit for free into it to make it a an actually like really good game, um, which it is. It's it's quite a good game um there's a lot actually a lot to do in it yeah. i mean and it's, it's day, also a lot of people their issue with no man's sky was that it was an indie studio that had a really cool game idea they didn't have the money to do it they got bought by sony sony pushed them to release the game before it was ready yep. and that's why it was bad at launch right and then you see the same sorts of things with microsoft microsoft buys up studios they rush games out and now you're starting to see where like volition who had made a ton of good games in the past has gotten closed down uh but they were part of embracer group and uh they made the most recent saints row and the publisher who was not embracer group and it wasn't volition it was their middleman it's like silver something um 
force them to like change the narrative of their game right because what they wanted to do was make a saints row 2.5 where it was like gang warfare and like that was the draw of saints row was that it was like a parody of grand theft auto and that it was like over the top and cartoony and like pushed to the limit right and then this most recent saints row was not only buggy and bad at release and the combat was bad and the mission uh setups were bad but the narrative was also booby and <laughs> like the dialogue in game was getting it's still getting memed on like it, it'll still people will still use clips of the dialogue in that game and be like here's an example of like what's wrong with modern gaming you know like they still do that and that game came yeah. out what like a year year and a half two years ago i don't even know mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, just I've heard it's a I've heard it's a mid game for all the hype that's been surrounding it. So, oh, no, it was people were like, uh, they were fucking like putting up the numbers for uh, like Starfield the the like pre launch, one or whatever, and like like the peak players and all this shit. And they were comp- like they're trying to compare it to so they were like putting that up and comparing it to like PlayStation Five exclusive games. And everyone was, like, shitting on it, like, oh, yeah, look, it, it's done more than, like, the top five, like, PlayStation 5 exclusive games. Like, it had more, like, peak players or whatever. And people were like, yeah, we, like, you realize, like, that's PC numbers. That's not Xbox numbers. Like, you're comparing five... Yeah, they con- have the Microsoft Store numbers in there as well. They, they literally just had, like, all peak players across, like, like both, you know, Xbox and PC um or yeah i guess microsoft store or whatever however it is but yeah they're like yeah you're comparing literally five console games to uh, you know all the players for early access across both pc and console it's like yeah i mean there's never like there's never going to be a point where there are more i i think uh, more of a console than there are pc gamers like that that's just not gonna happen yeah, I mean, especially with the state of, like, consoles, because, like, Sony has sank its consumer trust. Microsoft is quickly sinking its consumer trust. Uh, I mean, Steam is the only thing that I feel like... I mean, they haven't always been a perfect company. They've done some goofy things in the past, but, like, as far as distributing games, like, Steam... GOG, it seems like they are much more uh, consumer friendly than than these big name companies. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had any like issue. Like, I don't know anyone I've talked to like regarding like the PS5. Like, I don't feel like anyone has. Uh, they don't like. There was the issue with like the slow rollout due to the chip shortage and stuff. But like. Yeah. I don't know the price point is going to be an issue. Buying a piece of hardware that you can't uh, improve over time. Like, hell, dude, you can build a PC, and the only thing you'll need to switch out, like, five or six years from now, is the damn graphics card. Yeah. And but like, three or four years after that, maybe the power supply, you know? Yeah. My, my thing has always been, though, like, at the point, at this point, like, for a, a pretty decent graphics card, like... You are paying almost for what a console costs. So yeah, but you're getting you two or that. three 
of the life cycle of a console. I don't know, the life the, the consoles are like eight years now. So they, they do last quite a bit and and we are getting to a point now I, I just feel like we're reaching a point where consoles are just basically becoming computers because like as far as like the PS5 goes like you can like at least some of the parts you can buy to improve so like obviously you, you know you can well but sort I wouldn't even really count storage but I don't know it, it's felt like over the years like consoles have just slowly started to like get to a point where they're just they're basically becoming computers like they're you know as they're like as the tech has improved not only are they increasing the price point to where it's just closer to building a full-on pc uh, they're just uh, yeah it feels like they're just all coming together Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to trust any of these big companies until uh, crossplay becomes an actual realized idea. Yeah. Because, like, even today, there's only, what, like, 50 cross-platform games or something like that? And none of them are good? <laughs> yeah, probably something around that. But, no, I only, I mean, my only thing... The only reason I have the PlayStation is for certain exclusives that I enjoy playing which even now you know a lot of those are maybe not immediately getting ported to PC but at least at some point they're put on PC yep I mean no. let's be honest all the things that you would have wanted from console that have been moved to PC like they're not good anymore anyway like Halo is yeah. terrible now Call of yeah. Duty is a relic yeah, no, my, my biggest one's always just God of War. Yeah. I, I always enjoy playing God of War, so that's the one thing that's kept me around. I, I, I'm pretty sure it gets ported. That that one gets ported to PC, right? I don't know. I think they have. I've never been a God remember. of War guy. Yeah. I enjoy it. Good story, good writing. You have any other news? Uh, Yeah, we'll just talk about One Piece real quick, because apparently the live-action One Piece broke... Records held by both Wednesday and Squid Game, or no, Wednesday and Stranger Things season four, which was it broke the record of being t uh, number one um, show streaming in like X amount of countries. So I think they were eighty three, both Stranger Things season four and Wednesday. There eighty three countries had those shows at number one the time they released streaming and uh yeah i think one piece broke that with one extra country they, it was at 84 different countries so Wild. and apparently uh i can't remember i think the the opening or the the release weekend it had 18.5 million viewers i think the number was so what? different accounts so so 18.5 different accounts or, or people viewing so yeah it it did some numbers i mean i think last week when we talked about it it was sitting at like an 80 percent from critics on rotten tomatoes and like a 92 or 93 from audience that's only gone up i think it's at a, currently at an 85 from critics and a 96 from audience yeah so uh yeah i finally watched the entire thing um it's funny so I I went uh, I drove my girlfriend to her parents 
for uh, she's staying with them for a week because her dad's having surgery. Um, and so I dro dropped her off there and I stayed one night over the weekend. Um, and then came back the next day because it's about a three-hour drive. And it was funny, her, her dad was actually watching watching it. Man has never watched anime ever. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's like, like 68, 69 years old. Uh, but yeah, picked up, yep, picked up one piece and he got hooked on it and he was just, we, we watched basically the entire season, um, throughout the like night and a half I was there. Kind of crazy. Yeah. I remember back when the live action, uh, Cowboy Bebop came out, uh, Shelby's parents were like, Oh, we're watching it. We think it's pretty good. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. I like bit my tongue. I was like, I can't say anything. It's only going to come out bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he enjoyed it and we watched it and yeah, it was, it was good. It was well done. I mean, they, they took, they took it and they were, they properly, I feel like, I feel like they properly condensed it from, you know, I think this covers like 80 to 120 episodes from the anime in eight episodes. Jesus Christ, dude. So, and I, and I feel like they did a very good job of condensing it. They, they definitely made some changes, but I think they were changes for the best to keep the pacing well and I think keep people engaged for like the, the non-anime aficionado. So, yeah, good stuff. So, I enjoyed it. That's all, that's all I got. Out of 10, what would you give it? Um, you know, I'd give it a solid eight. Cool. Give it an eight out of ten. Cool. Yeah, the few scenes I saw whenever Shelby was watching it, none of them annoyed me. So that was yeah, good. I mean, that's good. The reason I haven't watched One Piece is because I get annoyed when I look at it. Yeah, that's fair. It's just, uh, it's not the art for me. Yeah, yeah some people don't. So we don't like it. I've heard people talk about the the old art style, animation style they used. I just, I'm a I like gritty art. I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, that's fair. Like old school Berserk is like my ideal kind of art style, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I feel anyway, that. Let's move on from uh, Starfield and this other stuff to uh, another piece of art that takes place amongst the stars <laughs> oh are you talking about stargate oh i'm talking about stargate what do you think about that transition there that was pretty good i was i, I, so I was i was thinking about i was thinking about making it earlier when we were talking about starfield yeah starfield to stargate all right so stargate tombstone we're watching these because we're in love with kurt russell after kurt russell. Uh, going through I, some you know I, I will say I liked Kurt Russell before these movies. I like Kurt Russell after watching him in all these John Carpenter movies. Kurt Russell, yeah. he's a, he, Kurt Russell's a man's man, but I love him even more after these two movies. Yeah. I think I, I, think I found a new appreciation for him. And I continue to find a new appreciation for him, especially knowing that he plays Mr. Nobody in the Fast and the Furious series. He is... I, I had no idea he is... They, they included him. I mean, how could you not include the, probably one of the most a a iconic action heroes? You know what's crazy? Is he also movies. in the second uh, 
Oh, Marvel. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and yeah. He's, he's uh, like, so little with his character. Yeah, wasn't he, like, the dad of Star-Lord or whatever? Yeah, he was, like, uh, Ego, the living planet, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like... Yeah. That was whenever I started falling off of Marvel, because I was, like... Man, they did like nothing with Kurt Russell, and he's like such a cool dude. Yeah, I I barely remember that. that that's a very forgettable movie because I barely remember what the fuck happened in that. It was the beginning of those like excessive CGI kind of things where you're like, yeah, uh, no, frustrated. Um, but yeah, Stargate. Stargate. Big. I loved it. Big, big uh yeah big fan uh it's making me consider like maybe i should watch the tv show i'm thinking about it also was like man i wonder if i should go back and like watch sg1 and see if it's like good you know yeah because i always hear people saying that like it's it's very good you know and it's like every other tv show from around the time there are like some filler here and there but for the most part it's a good show yeah um so yeah, I'm considering watching the show after watching it. Uh, no, it was it was a I I liked the entire premise because I mean it's something that I, I think is I don't even I don't know if at the time it was a, a a widely known conspiracy theory that like the, the pyramids were built by aliens. The pyramids were built by aliens, and that yeah, like really they were playing on that. Yeah, and I'm like, and like the whole thing that like the gods, you know, the the god, the Egyptian gods are actually aliens, um, and just like you know, people worshipped them because they they had tech and fluent ships and did all this kind of nonsense. So, yeah. just to um, uh, talk about budget and box office real quick, uh, mm-hmm. production budget fifty five million, grossed nice. one hundred ninety six point six million worldwide successful yeah a successful movie um 1994 uh so this actually came out before uh before escape from la um came out i think the year after tombstone because yeah tombstone is 1993 Mm -hmm. um co-led by James Spader, who's you know another yep, big. I, I, was, I was gonna say I I liked James Spader uh, in that. Very uh, good. Another couple noticeable faces: Eric Avari, who plays uh, Showery's father, the like leader of the the people there. Um, mm-hmm. If I can't think of another movie he's been in off the top of my head, but you would absolutely recognize his face. He's been in like everything. Um. Something that I didn't know. He, he was in. He was in the Mummy, Mr. Deeds, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in a bunch of shit. Uh, <laughs> looking at the name of the character now, his character's name is Horus, which means, I mean, Horus was Ra's son, if I believe, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Um, but he's played by Jimon Honsu, who is another like action actor kind of guy. Um, did not even know he was in the movie until I was watching it this time and was like, wait a second. <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. Um, only a couple scenes, but like, it's still funny to be like, oh, he's, I think he's in, actually come to think of it, I think he's in 
uh, Rebel Moon that's coming out. Oh. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, that was interesting. Um, French Stewart is in this. He was in a lot of movies back in the day. <laughs> uh, what else, man? Yeah, cast, production. Uh, so this was your first time watching it, right? Yep. What did you think about this setup? Basically everything leading up to the uh, activation of the Stargate. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I thought I thought it was cool. Um, you know, obviously you have uh, oh boy, Daniel, a professor, has his theories about how the pyramids were built, gets brought into the secret facility run by the military, where they they need someone to translate. He figures this shit out, and they yeah they 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 pop that thing, they bust that thing open. Oh yeah. I thought the effects were really good in this movie. Yeah. Um like no, the, yeah. the closest to like cheesy campy it gets is the like headdress armor type stuff, but even mm-hmm. that looks cool. Like the first time you see them and they're just like dragging these uh like special forces guys around and I think the final scene is just like a, a zoom in on like an Anubis guy, guy in like the Anubis with the jackal head and the glowing blue eyes, and you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, let's go back to your experience. Uh, what were your thoughts? Like, what were your thoughts leading up to it? Uh, like, I, I don't know. Anticipation, I guess. Like, I was just like. Okay, I'm pretty invested. Like, it seems like this dude, like, like they got something they're trying to figure out. Obviously, like, you can kind of assume, like, they're they're gonna activate this Stargate, and they're probably going. They're going somewhere. Yeah, they're going to a different planet. They're going. They're going to a different planet, different dimension. They're going somewhere. So, just anticipation. That, as to like okay once they activate this thing what the fuck's gonna happen mm-hmm. and then and they do it and, and it's pretty clear pretty early on there you're just like yeah the people are going into this thing and so yeah it kind of it kind of made sense it, it almost gave me a feeling of or, or like and i'm assuming it came out after it uh disney's atlantis <laughs> where <laughs> it's kind of like Oh shit! We found this thing, or like we found somewhere we we need a team. We need to send a fucking team in to go like figure shit out. And obviously, like you have like the Brainiac guy, and you have like this team, the, the, the fucking dude strike team falls in love with the princess. Exactly, you know? exactly. So like, I was I was kind of feeling that I was like, this is giving me these kinds of vibes because like we we have this like team going in there, and obviously someone's gonna like cause some issues. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, and then they. They sent them in there, and I was like, right. I, I, I feel like I pretty quickly like put it together where it was like, oh, shit. It, it's kind of like they're on this different planet where you have, like, a, a effectively ancient Egyptians living. Because um, they, they were brought there by Ra to work for him. Um, and then you, you quickly figure out, like, oh, like, 
they're dealing with like uh, some sort of far more technologically advanced being uh, an alien mm-hmm. um, who, who's like like this is his planet like he's I don't know it, it, it's kind of I don't know I've always thought like those theories are cool where it's just like okay it's it, interesting it, right is that they have the Stargate which tells uh-huh. you like oh you need these seven coordinates right mm-hmm. uh, point of like origin uh, destination and then like it's, five or something yeah uh, so it's six it's six points and it's one one like basically like he drew the cube and it's like one point for each of the faces of the cube your or your destination and then your origin and the origin's like the seventh one that he was like trying to figure out yeah um but yeah no i always thought but those theories were kind of cool that there's a lot more of point like these planets you know yeah which is, where, uh, I mean, that's. I think that's where the idea for the show comes in. Yeah, because they're like, oh yeah. man, there's so like the movie never that's, got a sequel. That's what and it's a movie that could absolutely get a sequel. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering too, because like I, I, I think I turned on the first episode right before I went to bed the other night, and like I ended up falling asleep during it. But I was kind of like, yeah, I wonder if the show's going to delve into just like changing up. Like, okay, we're going to change like the destination, fucking symbol and see where it takes us yeah yeah i don't know i would be interested to watch the the show yeah i think i might start it because i think the idea of the show because like in this you have characters named like horus anubis and like i don't think their names are ever said you just get the idea that that's what their name is because of their headdress stuff yeah um but I think the show does go through and kind of take on that aspect of like, oh, there are more of these immortal beings who are like keeping, uh, fra- not fractured shards, uh, groups of humans in like slavery and toil for them. And the idea that I think becomes like setting them free or making probably like alliances with less full-on evil ones you know yeah um i mean that's all i really remember from watching the show when it would have been on like what sci-fi channel or whatever back in the day yeah that's pretty cool um yeah no i i'd I'd be interested in watching it but yeah for the as far as the movie goes um yeah it was I, i thought it was an interesting like you know, you you had obviously he's the only one who, being any sort of linguist, like he he was able to figure out a way to communicate with the uh, that sure. civilization there. Yeah, um, she was absolutely beautiful, by the way, played by Millie Avital. Yeah, um, yeah, great casting. They uh, so yeah, he started communicating with them, and then obviously he has to become the hero in a way. Yeah. Um. When when you have uh, you have the the big bads doing their thing, and then you have uh, you know our, our boy Kurt trying to blow the planet up, or at least blow the Stargate up. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm pretty sure that that was just supposed to be like a tactical nuke or something. It's like a pretty yeah, small yeah. explosion. Yeah, it was supposed to just blow the blow the Stargate up. Although it's used to blow the. Uh, 
used to blow Ra's ship up. His pyramid. Yeah, his pyramid. His pyramid yeah. that goes over the pyramids. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. That, like, the pyramid uh, itself is really just, like, an airport. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you land your ship on the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a dock. Yeah. That's all, yeah. That's all the, the pyramids are just docking stations. Yeah. <laughs> and then inside of the docking station is an like intergalactic travel port yeah um <laughs> I, I mean funny enough kind of like they live where they go down and dude's like it's like an airport uh, yeah. going out there on andromeda <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i just ah uh, this movie has like there's so much depth you know i feel like a military character like kurt russell's in this one typically is just like i'm a cold-blooded military man and like he would die in the end as well in like a movie nowadays because if you let him live that would be like a message of approval for the military industrial complex or some nonsense <laughs> like that right but like yeah. From his introduction, you're given this, like, tragic backstory. Yeah. Um, like, his kid shot himself. Uh, it's implied that he was playing with a gun. Well, I, I think it's outright stated that he was playing with a gun and shot himself. Yeah. And he died from it. Uh, so it wasn't, like, suicide or something like that. It was, you know, poor gun management. Um... It shattered the family. Uh, him and his wife don't talk at all. Uh, but then you get those scenes later on where you've got like all the village kids running around and the one that's like really kind of grown fond of him and is like smoking a cigarette with him and then like hacking up a lung because <laughs> it's the first oh, time yeah. he's never done that. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because like you see them bonding, right? It's not like a one-way thing. Like, Kurt Russell's character has a fondness for this kid, too. You know, like, it heals him. Mm -hmm. And then you get that scene where, like, because he's, like, giving him his lighter and some other stuff, then he, like, touches the gun and he fucking wigs out on it. And he's like, no! You know, danger! Yeah. Um... And it's just like such a he's a character with depth you know yeah. he's complex and he's not an outright hero I mean he's he's not heroic in the majority of the movie uh, if he had blown up the bombs so that the Stargate was destroyed and he died and the other guys got out it, it wouldn't be an actual victory, right? Because it's just like closing something off that ultimately means nothing in, over the course of the story. But then the actual plot of the story is this almost like biblical, uh, kind of like Moses type story where it's like, oh, he went and he hung out with the Pharaoh and then uh, he said, let my people be free or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. and 
Daniel and O'Neill, they free, they liberate these people who are living under oppressed society. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just like a heartwarming action adventure movie where like, there's a love story. Uh, there's a story of redemption for O'Neill's character. The bad guy gets blown up by a fucking nuke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God. And you know what? They do some really interesting things too. Like the, uh, the little teleport circles, like from the planet to the ship, there's that scene and you only see it for like a second where like the dude's head gets teleported up there. Yeah, and you see all the like pipes and things in the throat. It's not like they just did red jelly or something. They were like, "Yeah, here's an actual head." <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, the technology was interesting. The world building was good. Like, it made you really wish that there was a sequel. Like, maybe not even with these same characters, but just like. Mm-hmm. maybe they make references to the first mission where you know daniel jackson stayed behind to be a you know liaison with the natives or whatever and the other guys came back and like maybe kurt russell's character makes like a cameo but you get like another story of them like going in somewhere else where like there have already been preliminary missions or something i don't know i don't know what they could have done with it but the movie is just fun yeah. Uh, no, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, Out of ten. Oh man. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight point two out of ten. <laughs> What's the point two for? Uh, the point two is for them nuking the the ship at the end. <laughs> That, that deserves an extra point, too. All right. Um, well, notoriously, I'm more generous than you, so I'll give it an 8.3. Damn. And that extra point one is for uh, teenage smoking. Ah, uh, yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Cool guys <laughs> smoke cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pretty good. All right. So that was Stargate. Uh, we think you should watch it. Yeah, I would talk about fun movies. I think one of the most fun movies of all time, especially within the Western genre, <laughs> is going to be Tombstone. 1993's Tombstone. 1993, great year. Great year. Yeah, 1993, great year. The birth <laughs> of a lot of beautiful uh, ideas, people. Uh, yes. The USSR was no longer a thing. Yeah. Wonderful. That's, yeah. Wonderful time. And, and great movies. Like Historically, uh, I think 1993 will be remembered as a year uh, when many fantastic individuals were born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Could you hear Shelby yelling at the dog? <laughs> God damn just, it. Just barely. Just barely. God damn it! I actually, I couldn't even tell that she was like yelling at the dog. I thought she was, she was making a comment to you, oh. riding the dick of 
Yep, yep, yep. Um, 93, that's when I was born, baby. Woo! Yeah. Tombstone. I think Tombstone gave me... Uh, Tombstone really gave me the, a, a new appreciation for Kurt Russell. Tombstone, I will also say, is like a criminally underrated movie. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I, I don't know. I watched that movie and I go, fuck, I wish I could just go back in time and fucking live in the, live in the Old West, yeah. you know, and just... Uh, yeah. Because uh, what's crazy is that, like, this is uh, on it obviously a dramatic retelling but like it's a retelling of some classic american folklore you know the shootout at the okay corral uh between wyatt or doc holiday and a bunch of other guys um but good god the cast dude the cast uh, oh oh yeah i mean but besides uh besides That's our boy kurt, kurt russell. russell we have sam elliott Val Kilmer, Michael Bean yep. of uh, Terminator fame. You got Bill Paxton, uh, who was in Aliens 2. He was in uh, uh, Game Over, man. Game Over. You got Jason Priestley, Stephen Lang, who plays yep. Ike Clanton. If you're not familiar with him, he's the big bad general guy from uh, Avatar Blue Man yeah. Boogaloo. You yep. got Billy Bob Thornton. You got Michael Rooker. Uh, you got Billy Zane. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, who we've seen more recently, actually, in... Do you know? Wait, who? Thomas Hayden Church. He's the guy that plays Billy. Um, he was recently in Twisted Metal. He oh, was, right? uh, he was the sheriff, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, you've also got Terry O'Quinn, who's, like, the old guy from Lost who uh he couldn't walk before the crash and then he could walk after the crash oh uh, the yeah yeah, yeah yeah he plays the mayor i believe oh uh, i didn't even realize that mm-hmm. oh shit uh dude this movie is just like chock full of people yeah like basically every scene introduces another face that if you have eyes you've seen before it's got damn it's got goddamn charlton heston in it like everyone is in here man I mean, all all star cast. Yeah. Um. God, dude, you know who I really think steals the show though is Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say so. His acting, I mean, his acting all the way through. You know, getting sick and everything, and then, then at the very end, damn, like that. Yeah. When he's in bed, yeah, yeah. When he's in the bed, and uh, and uh, Wyatt comes in to, to visit him, like famously, his last words were, "Always thought I'd die with my boots on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, God. And what's even crazier is that if you actually delve into his history, like, do you know why he's, he's called Doc? Uh, nope. He was a dentist. No. <laughs> Uh, he was a dentist in a couple different places and then he just took up like the wild west lifestyle became like a gambler a pistolier you know uh, 
Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, in recollection, said that he had never seen someone faster with a pistol. Um, hey, he's got those. He's got those. You know, those steady dentist hands. You know, <laughs> he's like a surgeon. Which is funny because you see that he's a nervous guy. Like he's always fidgeting with his hands. Like his his finger in a couple different scenes is like just tap 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 tapping on stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, tragically, he had like I think tuberculosis. Yeah. Um, hard life, very hard life. But God, does Val Kilmer absolutely kill it? Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say also the the standoff with uh, with old Johnny. Uh, uh, their first standoff, where they're quoting like Latin no, and Hebrew at each other. No, I was gonna say the 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 final one, the one there at the uh, at the oak mm-hmm. tree against uh, old Johnny was Johnny Rocco, Johnny Johnny what was Johnny it? Ringo played by Ringo Michael Johnny Lee. Ringo. That's what it was. Yeah, Johnny Ringo. Um. That part is good, but I, I, one of the best scenes in the movie. I, I was is gonna say introduction I, to each other. I think my favorite scene is is the one there in the, um, I guess the saloon where. Yeah, it's uh, he, he's, family he's, parlor, I think. Yeah, he's trying to show off his skills with the pistol, and then you have uh, you have Doc pull out his the the, the cup the little. Uh, what's crazy right is uh michael bean in an interview that i heard one time was talking about how he could never get that that sequence down so Mm -hmm. he would have to do each of those tricks like two or three times for Mm -hmm. them to get the shot of him like doing it without fucking it up Uh. and then val kilmer like joking around one day just started doing his exact sequence with the pistol but with a tin cup and so they put it in the movie ah i love that (laughs) and val kilmer did it in one take apparently damn did it like perfect flawless in one take and you're like holy shit man like what yeah i'm trying i was just saying i'm trying to think back i i feel like they cut off of um yeah they cut off and ringo like a bunch yeah, they got Fringo, but I don't recall if they cut off of uh, there's a of couple Doc cuts there off it. of Doc to see other uh-huh. people's reactions because you see like why oh, everyone's laughing. Like, yeah, yeah, some people are laughing, some people are getting angry, and to see like everyone's kind of like that scene is so good because everyone is testing the waters, right? Yeah, like in this little uh, like. You can find translations online where people have gone in and like uh, translated what they say to each other when they start talking to each other in different languages. Because mm-hmm. um, like one of them does Latin, another one does Hebrew, then they go back at the other one in another language, I think. Or I probably mixed up the sequence there because I think they finish in Latin because that's when... Uh, holiday turns to his his prostitute girlfriend and is like that was latin (laughs) yeah (laughs) now i know he's an educated man and i really hate him (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think i think that scene was one of my favorites definitely with like the tension um that they build yeah and uh the 
all the all the tricks and whatnot. Oh yeah, Ike Clanton too, played by Stephen Lang that I mentioned before. Totally unrecognizable in this role. Like you see him nowadays, and then you look back at him now, and you're like, oh okay, I still see him in the eyes. But like, he was a lot heavier in this movie. And I don't know if he put weight on for this movie or if he's just like become a much more leaner dude in more recent years. But God, dude, doesn't he just play like a sleazy, weaselly kind of guy so well? Oh, uh, yeah. Man. And then you get like Michael Rooker who shows up and he's like, I heard what they did to your women. That ain't right. I don't ride with the Cowboys anymore. You need me for anything, you let me know. And you're like, dude, what a noble... Like, there's so many examples of just, like, humanity and, like, wholesome... God, just, like, the human nature is so baked into this movie that, like... Every scene, especially because it's between so many actors that hold gravitas and, like, can hold a scene... Mm-hmm. And, like, typically on their own, carry movies are, like, put into a movie together and get to just play, you know? Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. And then... And then... Wyatt and then. Earp's brothers... get, uh, grievously wounded and killed. Mm-hmm. And that's when the movie really does something. <laughs> yeah. Like that final act where you're just watching Wyatt Earp blow people off of horses and it gets into that ambush at the river there. Yeah, I was going to say, I really uh, I really enjoyed like the montages they did. Because um, it's a lot of good stunt work and it's practical stunt work. People falling off of horses and stuff. Yeah. That's hard stuff. Oh, yeah. Really respectable. Yeah. Um... A very yeah, that, quotable that, movie too. Yep. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. Uh, you you played. Um, but that, God damn it! What's that movie? Wait, movie? Not movie. Game. Red Dead Redemption. Nope. The Arena Shooter. <clears throat> uh, oh, Overwatch. Talk about Overwatch. McCree. Overwatch. Yeah, McCree has that voice line. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. McCree, voiced by Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer. Yeah, truly a critical role in his uh, <laughs> <laughs> in his filmography. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, I mean, all of them have voiced so many different characters and random shit in anime. Oh yeah, in- anime dubs. Talking about critical role, but let's get back yeah. to the business at hand. Tombstone. Yeah. Um. What was your favorite scene? Like, what scene do you think about the most? Or, like, which have you returned to the most thinking about it? I mean, it's gotta either be... It's gotta be either the one we were just talking about in the gambling hall, or it's gotta be the the actual uh, shootout. Um, uh, like, when they, you know, when the... The shootout was okay, Corral. Yeah, when the six of them roll in there and um, they they have the standoff there. Oh yeah, what the lead up to that scene too? Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. 
Because, like, everyone's begging Virgil not to. They're like, please, dude, don't do this. Like, yeah. You're only going to cause problems. Like, Kurt Russell, Wyatt Earp, does, like, everything he can to prevent conflict. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there's that idea of if I don't do something that's worse than doing, like, I don't know. It's that, it's that idea that like we are called to action, you know. Mm. Uh, if you see cruelty happening in the world, like you as a bystander do have some obligation, if you can do something about it, to do something about it, you know. I mean, it's like it's the kind mm. of attitude that got us into World War Two, right? Like. We don't have to go to Europe and stop the Nazis from, like, crushing all these countries. Mm-hmm. But it is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's Virgil. That's Virgil's idea. Um, yep. Virgil, also a really interesting name, because I'm pretty sure that was that's actually his brother's name. But also, Virgil is... Isn't he a character in Dante's Inferno? Uh, he is, yeah. Yeah, what's he? He is... He's sent uh, by Beatrice to serve as Dante's guide through hell. So, it's interesting because, in a way, he does lead them into hell, right? Like, it's him, from a point of righteousness being like i have to do something about this and kind of like dragging his brothers into it right mm-hmm. but then there's like all those wholesome scenes of like he's my brother i just did what i thought you would have done i'm like doing the deputy thing as well is something that morgan bill paxton's character says to to wyatt kurt russell at one point um yeah but god yeah the shootout scene. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah, that was a good one. Especially the whole walk up. Mm-hmm. And all of that point where Wyatt's like, God damn it, I'll go with you. Better give that street howitzer to Holiday. He'll be less nervy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be less nervy on that street howitzer. Talking about a shotgun. Which yep. is just the coolest freaking slang. Because, like, I mean, back in the day, shotguns were seen as, like, the shit, you know? Like, yeah. It's why they got the name Street Sweeper, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, God, man. And I love that, like, you never get the feeling that Holiday isn't trying to provoke something. Like, doesn't he wink at someone in that scene? Uh... Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, he winks he, at he, Billy. He, at, yeah, uh, he, yeah, he winks at Billy. Yeah, and then <laughs> he pulls the gun. Yeah. And then, like, the last thing anyone says is uh, Wyatt Earp going, Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all hell breaks good. loose. Oh, man. Yeah, and Ike that's... goes, like, running into the freaking parlor of the building and then he's like shooting through the window and they're just blasting through the window and people are falling off of horses and it's just all chaos and 
Man. Great scene. Oh, yeah, for sure. I also like that scene. <laughs> I like the scene when they get down to the river and they're getting ambushed and everyone's like stuck behind trees and stumps and uh, Michael Rooker's character is like laying uh, in the sand uh, yeah. next to like a tree branch, basically. We got to do something. <laughs> and then, and then Kurt Russell just, just goes, there. no. Yeah. <laughs> and he stands up, pulls out the shotgun. No. <laughs> goes wading like waist deep in the water. And then, uh, oh, what's the, what's the bad guy's name? Uh, you're talking about Ringo? No, not Ringo. It's the guy who's in, in charge before that. Talking about Ike? No, Is not Ike. Ike. Oh, what the heck is his remember. name? Uh, uh, uh. Fuck. He's like the the leader of the Cowboys. You know what I'm was saying? It, was it Curly? Curly? I think so. Curly Bill. Curly Burl Brocious. Brocious, yeah. Yeah, and he like kind of calls everyone off so that they can go have their shootout in the river. And I'm telling you, if you've ever played Hunt Showdown and had to <laughs> shoot, had to fucking have a shootout in water, it looks exactly like that. It looks <laughs> like one guy just <laughs> pushing forward with a shotgun as hard as he can, and then another guy with like two pistols just like trying to dance around. <laughs> Um, but God, man, when it goes slow motion and it does that close in shot of Kurt Russell, that big old mustache on his face. And he just goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, man. God, again, what a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Out of ten, what would you give it? Uh, I'm giving it a nine point three. Damn. I think I also got to give it a a nine point three. Yeah. For for 1993 when it yeah. came out. <laughs> if this was out of 2,000 points, I'd give it a 1993 as well, brother. Amen. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> yep. That's yep. about it for film talk, though. Yeah. I enjoyed both these movies. Yeah. They're both really good. Yeah. So, and uh, I do think that they're both kind of uh, like Kurt Russell in his prime. Yeah. Um, Val Kilmer in his prime, too. Again, like, mm-hmm. absolutely steals the show. Yeah. Phenomenal actor. Yeah. So, let's talk about oh, gaming, brother. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, Baldur's Gate. Have we talked about Baldur's Gate on here before? Uh, I think a little bit. Did we mention that we had played the game now with each other? I, I don't think so. 
don't think All we've right. mentioned that we've played together. So we played what, like maybe four hours together? Uh, yeah, probably about four, four hours. Around that. How many hours do you have in the game right now? Fuck, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you how much I've put into my single player one. So it looks like you've played about 20 hours. <clears throat> okay. I've played... It checks out. Nearly 10 times that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, oh, look at this. I can actually tell you my most recent achievements. Uh, <laughs> you have two hands for a reason. Pet Scratch and the Owl Bear Cub at the same time. The greatest joy an adventurer could ask for. Nice. Uh, under lock and key, rescue all the prisoners from the depths of Moonrise Towers in one playthrough. Uh, no free lunches. Defeat the Apostle of Miracle before it consumes any necromites. Have you done any of that? Do you even know what any of that is? Nope. Did you get the dog or the owl bear? I got the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog's a cool little guy. Cool little guy. Um, what are your thoughts on the game, just in general? Uh, I really enjoy it. I think it's great all around. It, I, it definitely feels like there's a lot to do. Uh, I, I definitely don't feel super limited to what I can do and the options that are given to me. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about it, brother? I freaking love the game. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I don't think I've been this crazy about an RPG in <sighs> possibly ever. Yeah, I'm like really struggling to think of a role playing game where I was like more invested uh, in it than I've been in this one. I also, I'm not the kind of person to usually play single player games. And yet, like I mentioned earlier, I've got probably more than a quarter of my time in, in this game has been single player. Yeah. Um, the only gripes I have, and I mentioned this to you a little bit before we started recording, was that... Um, Act 3, just because there's so many NPCs on screen, I get some chugging, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fully willing to put up with it. Uh, I will say, having played through the options a couple different times now, mm -hmm. I think for... I think for your first playthrough, you should definitely play through the game from, like, a good guy point of view or like yeah choice decision point mm -hmm. of view um it just feels a little more streamlined that way like if you want to go about it evil and you're not just like oh i'm trying to kill everyone but like you're really trying to help the bad guys mm -hmm. um it's tough yeah. 
No, I've, uh... My, my solo playthrough has been, like, a good one. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you've only gotten through Act 1, right? Uh, where does Act 1 end? Uh, Act 1 would... Technically, the end of Act 1 would be that little party in your camp after you've either, uh, helped or... Help the grove or help the goblins. Okay, then yeah, I've, I've already finished Act One. Yeah. Um, but then you and I were playing through Act One, and I think, if I remember correctly, I was like showing you a bunch of stuff that you hadn't done before, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you were showing me quite a few things. Like, oh, there, there were. I, I definitely didn't do like the owlbear thing or like free the the one goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because we were going evil. That's right. Yeah, I was, I was uh, corrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just like the f- kind of like what we're talking about generally here, but like the way you can go about the way it feels like your choices matter. Like, there's a lot of games that present you with choices, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, this isn't really what I want to do. Typically, there's a way to do what you want to do. Maybe not necessarily in the way you want to do it, but, like, there's typically a way to do what you want to do in the game. Um, I mean, shoot, dude. the The fact that, like you can spend 80 hours in the game and still just be like playing it around in in act one with like two or three different characters to see what your different choices can lead to um very interesting like something i didn't know was that there's a complete other direction to take the grove other than like uh, marauding them with the goblins or like saving them um, that has to do with Kaga have you seen anything about that um yeah about the shadow druids yeah so, yeah so that that was my whole so I was never like my whole thing was like I never really ran into an option to like help the goblins I pretty much just immediately like went and wiped them out um, but then with, like, the whole Grove stuff, uh, when I was talking to Kaga, I went and found the, uh, like, the chest she has locked and, like, went and read the note that, like, talks about meeting up with someone and then, like, you go, you go to, like, the one place in the swamp, find a letter, and then you realize, like, she's basically, like, betraying the Grove to, like, the Shadow Druids. So, like, mm. that was, like, my whole storyline I did, but I, obviously, like, I, I fought the Shadow Druids, like, they, they, they end up revealing themselves and I end up, yeah you know, you fight and kill them. And I even, I even turned, like, you can persuade Kaga to, like, come back to being, like, yeah, you know, on the side of the normal druids, which I did, or you could just, like, fight her with the shadow druids, which I, I was able to convince her to come back, so I'm playing a bard, so, like, obviously, like, I have high charisma and can talk my way out of, like, everything. <laughs> I don't. I just have two clerics, and one casts guidance, and the other one does enhanced ability. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> A plus zero to persuasion uh, doesn't matter when you have a plus one to four and advantage. 
<laughs> oh, I failed? Mm, I probably won't fail again. I've rolled four dice now with two rolls. <laughs> um, yep. Using inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's also but, funny the things that like get you inspiration for certain characters. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have so, a romance partner? I was about to ask you the same thing. I was about to ask if you have you gone through in romance. Have you have you done the deed with any of the the party members? Um. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, I mean, Lazel like jumps your bones if you're even like marginally positive relationship with her, right? Uh, um. She's just like she's just like DTF immediately. Yeah, basically. um i mean like it doesn't take much to convince her to like you you know Um, yeah but yeah uh her i mean shadow heart shadow heart's my girl that's shadow heart takes goddamn forever yeah forever um i don't know if there is a way to get like your um romance scene before act three but it always pops up for me in act three uh at like the beginning of act three yeah um let's see her oh minthara the Dro mm-hmm. paladin that you can get mm-hmm. uh you gotta be a bad girl to get her but um yeah she's really uh she's pretty cool I also think it's funny because a lot of the time um god dude I'm t- that game is so goddamn horny <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah like <clears throat> uh Shadowheart and I I mean cause Shadowheart and my character not me I'm not one of them weirdos I swear to god uh <laughs> <laughs> Shadowheart and my character uh they don't you know couple until act three um but because there's so many other characters that are like just more immediately dtf than she is uh you'll be talking to someone and all of a sudden they're like blah 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 and you're like whoa 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 we're not doing that (laughs) (laughs) um it's so like it's so funny because sometimes it feels so out of nowhere like halzen uh all of a sudden was like i really gotta confess how i feel about you and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) like i hadn't been using him uh he just like i guess grown to approve of my decisions because i like spoiler alert figured out how to get rid of the shadow curse in act two Mm -hmm. um which is quite the little storyline um But yeah, I don't know. I haven't done any uh, Asterian and Halzen fucking the bear scenes. Uh, I see how you yeah. could get them, but um, I don't know. I also never play, I almost never play a male character. And I feel like when I am playing a male character, I'm not interested in getting <laughs> the bone zone scenes. You know, I'm like, I'm going to play a paladin. 
And yeah. I've sworn an oath of celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. Were you also trying to romance the shadow heart? Yeah, yeah, she's she's my my only my only romance partner. A romance partner. Yeah. <laughs> um Dude, it was so funny cuz the one time I played with Tom, uh we're doing a long rest and it pops up a cutscene. I'm like, "What the fuck, Tom? We got to watch this goddamn cutscene." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on." And uh Will yeah. was doing his like He's like dancing around, and I'm like, dance with him, Tom. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, damn, Tom, I didn't know you were romancing Will. Now you're like, I had already given him crap about his character's looks because he had like very metallic lipstick and like crazy makeup on and like pink or green hair or something like that. And I'm like, ooh, you're really out there, little halfling, aren't you? <laughs> and he also was playing a bard. Um,. I was kind of wishing he'd be on or willing to talk this week because uh, I feel like my experience and his experience have been very different. Uh, mostly because I'm playing on the true gamer mode, balanced. Um, he's playing on story mode. <laughs> he's playing on baby mode. Yeah. Uh, which is so funny because I'm level 9 now in this game that I've gone farthest with. And Karlak just now has 105 hit points. Karlak in his game at level 5 had 120 hit points. And I was like, why is this necessary? <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is the difference in difficulty really that... I don't know, because like, I don't even feel like I'm power gaming. Mm -hmm. But like... I don't come across any fights that I, like, really have issues with unless I've, like, truly fucked up somehow. Like, I had one fight where I just, like, forgot to... didn't realize that I was doing it the hardest possible way. And, uh... Like, that sucked. But, like... After you do a fight one time, you kind of realize what you fucked up, and then uh, you can trivial trivialize the fight after that, right? Like, yeah. oh, I just walked in the main door and then got in a fight with ten people. Don't walk in the main door, forehead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was like uh, I kept I I was stuck on the part where you're in the underdark and you're you're trying to free near whatever, and then you get jumped by like all the fucking. Uh, uh, Drugar, and they oh. just like they're like, oh, you haven't paid us. <laughs> well, no, they're just like, or you, you like, you, you like go against Nier, and he's like, hey, kill these people or whatever. Um. So yeah, basically, I just gathered everyone up, and then you just thunder wave them into the lava. <laughs> but they're loot, dude. Yeah, I'm such actually. Luke actually, I actually game. don't think I ended up doing that. I, I think I think the time I finally finished it, I ended up instead like gathering strategically gathering everyone into the center and then uh, having Gale fucking fireball everyone. <laughs> yeah, that works too. Yeah, so um, I did end up getting all their loot. Yeah, I remember I did that fight about as hard as possible too because uh, 
Yeah, I was like, I didn't save the halflings. I'm pretty sure I let Nier, like, kill them. You let the Iron Gnomes die? Yeah. Oh, no, dude. Did Wolburn died? Or not Wolburn. Barkus? I think so, yeah. Oh, no, dude. Why? Are they He's a merchant. You can sell your shit to him later on. <laughs> There's so many other merchants. There's not enough for me. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... Yeah, I near ended up killing them, and then, like, I think he was... He teamed up with us. So, like, he was helping us in the fight, and then when you finish, you, like, talk to him, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I hate you, too, and then you kill him, and he's already weakened. You killed him? Yeah, I'm not part of the fucking true whatever, the true souls or whatever. No, Barkus is the little gnome. No, no, I'm talking about... The windmill. No, I'm talking about Nier. Oh, Nier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, No, Nier I killed and went back to the, the, um... The fucking Mykonid Sovereign and was like, hey, yeah, here's his head. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I did that. The loot for that is yeah. not worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just get the fucking, you get the fucking, like, the thing, necklace. Like, gives you, uh, like, advantage on a persuasion check or something like that. Yeah. Like, what? why would I wear that when I can wear a necklace that gives me extra magic missiles or, uh like blessing everyone when i heal them or like any of that kind of stuff you know yeah 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 um i will say i had this build going on will that was just insane it was all about building lightning charges uh i gave him the dual wielder feet so he could have two stabs in his hand so i had the one that lets he cast firebolt and fireball <laughs> and i had another one that just did when you make spell attacks if your spell attack hits you gain two uh lightning charges or whatever and yeah. then like lightning charges give you like a plus one to like attack and damage as well and then oh, nice there's some other stuff that's like if they're wearing magic armor or not magic armor metal armor and you have lightning charges your attacks have advantage against them oh shit uh <clears throat> so he's a warlock at level five he gets two beams with his uh eldritch blast brother just eldritch blast people and if you want to build them even quicker use ray like scorching ray you get yeah. three rays at whatever the first level is for it but he's a warlock so he's always casting at his highest level so very quickly that three rays becomes like six or five i don't know yeah um yeah. but so fucking menace i'll tell you what so both of us are enjoying the game it seems oh, yeah. but tom maybe not yeah I do, I do want to hopefully get him on next week. And yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to do more Boulder's Gate talk and get his his take. Yeah, I think that's about it for this week, though. Uh, yeah, I don't think I had anything else. So next week we'll be talking at the very least about Ahsoka, uh, yep. episodes one through five, and a little bit more Boulder's Gate talk. 
Um, I think we're just going to go full spoilers for, for both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do some more movies? Yeah, but I don't know what, though. Okay, so I have my list here. Um, so I think Tombstone Stargate are off. So the only other ones I have on here were um, just random ones that have been suggested to me. Bronson is on here. Oh, God. Equilibrium is on here. Future wow. World. That's like it. I think Shelby watched Future World recently. Really? Yeah. She was going through a a sci-fi movie kick. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Let's do Equilibrium and Future World then. Alright. Equilibrium and Future World. So that's what we'll be watching for next week. Uh, As always, our music by Carl Casey at White Bat, at White Bat Audio. Audio. Um, if you want to support us, uh, you can do that at Patreon. Or buy our Patreon merch. Forward slash uh, Bad Pipes. Right? Bad Pipes Podcast. Patreon.com yep. forward slash Bad Pipes Podcast. If you want to email us, you can email us at uh, cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com Anything else? We love you. Drink we- water. I refuse. <laughs>